Hello and welcome to uh, show 13 of All Back to Bowie's From Ibiza to the Norfolk Broads We need to talk about England I, I, I really enjoyed this show I thought that it um, it kind of had everything uh, The discussion was fascinating um, The panel were terrific a, and, and we really got to the heart, I think, of some of the issues um, in this one. So it's, it's really worth getting into. It's, um, it's a fascinating discussion. Uh, and we also have Loki at the start, uh, who does just a brilliant uh, hip-hop poetry. Unfortunately, one of the really highlighty bits was Dan Rebellato's letter, and the whole point about Dan Rebellato's letter is that he delivers it rather like uh, Bob Dylan did in um, in that famous video where he holds up cards and the cards tell a story and he drops them. So, um, yeah, I think at the end of the podcast what I'll do is... Uh, no, what we've got is a link to the podcast, a, a link to the video o- on the webpage. So... I guess you just have to speed through that bit or listen to the audience laughing, if you like, or maybe put the two at the same time. Uh, but the whole show really, uh, I think, is is worth your time. So please sit back and listen to Show 13, From Ibiza to the Norfolk Broads, We Need to Talk About England. Hello. Hello and welcome. Hello, thanks for coming. You can say hello back, it's all right. There we go, there we go. Um, yeah, welcome here to uh, David Bowie's uh, guest yurt on the rooftop of his uh, Manhattan apartment. Um, you may be wondering what it is we're doing here. Uh, at the Brit Awards, David Bowie said, Scotland, stay with us. And we thought, thanks, man. Um, so that's what we're doing. We've come out to camp uh, on the roof of his the Manhattan apartment in his lovely guest yurt here at Bowie's Gaff. So thank you for being here. What we're going to be doing while we're here, um, you're all very welcome. He's told us that you're all very welcome. But we're just going to be chatting about things related to or in some way interesting in relation to the independence referendum that Scotland's having. In the hope that if David does show up, that he might take a seat and think, this is actually quite interesting. So we'll see how that goes. So thank you, um, thank you all for being here. There's some few uh, house rules that we need to establish first of all. The first one is here in Bowie's yurt, we do not really ask our guests what way they're going to vote in the independence referendum or what way they would vote if they if they had a vote. If they want to come out and tell us and make that part of the conversation, that's fine. But we don't really read on that. Um, the other thing is we try to stay away from that kind of binary sort of discussion apart from on one really key issue uh, which we will put to you just now as a sort of mini referendum question that we're going to try and settle over the course of the month that we have here we're keeping a running tally on this I'm not quite sure who's in the lead at the moment but I can check at the end the question is is it Bowie or is it Bowie if you say yes, it is Bowie, then you're a yes, right? And I want to put up your hand for yes, the correct pronunciation is David Bowie. Can I have a show of hands? So this is currently one, two, 
three, four, five, oh, six. Someone's just been convinced that the last minute is never too late. Flying it there on polling day. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yes, for Bowie in the room. So if you say no, it's not Bowie. It's obviously Bowie. Can I show hands for Bowie? That's a landslide, isn't it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 28 for Bowie. So I'll try my best to stick to that for the rest of the rest of this afternoon. It's David Bowie. I have video evidence to the contrary, I'm telling you. But um, but anyway, it's great, sure. David Bowie. Um, we have got uh, what we do here at All Back to Bowie's. We have um, uh, 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 music, poetry, and um, a bit of bit of discussion today our musical act is the brilliant uh, Scottish hip-hop artist Loki. Can I hear it from Loki? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, although time will tell if he, if, he, if, he, um, if he shows up, we're hopefully going to have some poetry from Leo Glaster. So a hopeful round of applause for Leo Glaster. We're going to have a, a video letter uh, beamed in via technology from the playwright Dan Revelato. Uh, then we're going to have um, an opening provocation from uh, Chris Dork, writer Chris Dork. Who will be joined on our panel then by the playwright and director Claire Duffy. And stand-up comedian Josie Long. So we're all very excited about that. And then, have I missed anything? David's Greg, not Bowie at the back. I don't think so, no? So, oh yeah, cool. So the only thing left to do then is... Uh, yep. Sorry? Who am I? <laughs> I am Kieran Hurley. Oh, you can give me a round of applause too if you want to. Um, we may or may not have room in the conversation for questions from the audience, just so you know. We sometimes don't, we often don't. Um, but we do want you guys to have your say in some way on the conversation. So what we've been doing throughout this is we've been getting our audience to write down um, uh, 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 complete a sentence in relation to today's theme. Now today's uh, show is called From Ibiza to the Norfolk Broads, we need to talk about England. So we're going to be talking about England and Englishness and all of that in relation to the independence referendum in a sense. So I would like it if you could all grab a little bit of paper, um, anything you like, someone must have given you some name flyer on your way here, I'm sure that you don't need. Um, uh, or a, a bus ticket, a receipt, anything. If you don't have, if you don't have one, pool resources. You can pool resources in this. This is a, a microcosm model for a socially democratic Scotland where we share our, our, our resources each according to the need. Um, uh, and maybe even a pen if you can find one. And just over the course of uh, of this afternoon's show, if you just complete the sentence, England is. Try to be creative with it, try to be thoughtful with it, try to not just be, like, sort of shitty about it. Um, and at the, at the end of the show, we will read them all out, or as much of them as we can. You don't need to do it right now, but at some point during the show, we'll gather them all in, and then we'll read them all out as a sort of crowdsourced, collectively written performance poem that you guys have all written and that I'll read out. Uh, so that's, that's how it's all going to work. Without further ado, I think I'll get out of the way and welcome to the stage Loki. Thank you. Thanks, Kieran. It's great to be here. 
uh, uh, in Bowie's honour, a man who transcended himself and travelled to other dimensions in the universe to return and tell us we're better together. Um, okay, thank you very much. Uh, I'll just begin. I, normally I do performance stuff to a beat, which is popularly known as rap, uh, but I thought I'll spare the beat and just get into the words and see what you think of that. The doctor couldn't diagnose my vague symptoms when I told him I was sadder than a house cat staring out my bay window onto a dead garden. Trendy flat, the plot for a movie about my life scribbled on my hand. Pet the cat, telling myself she's a great listener, in denial that she's but a prisoner. The bonsai needs pruned. My first thought, reaching for a bottle opener and a sink full of teaspoons. Curse sobriety, I want to take all sorts and go and draw faces on the waltzers. I put her out today and now I'm looking for a roommate who can eat chews through toothache. Shoot me. But my apartment cell, it's like an art department filled with carnal thrills. I sold my old projector down in Garnet Hill. Yes, homie. Creme fresh cappuccino room temp mere foamy. Less money. The barista said she couldn't offer me a clean spoon. I said, fine, I've only got time for a coffee. These round tables help me feel an awful lot less lonely getting into debt so I can look Depeche Mode. Such a silly way to look at life. It's like you only notice all the things you're not doing right. I don't have a stake in this life. So I prescribe myself a futureless vice and lose time giving hookers advice. In my youth I was a monotone modest vocalist now I'm an openly closet chauvinist who's better at describing his emotions than he is at showing it. I'm a here are my sins, but yous can atone for it, type of socialist. I see you're trying to teach me something, but I'm not watching. I'm too busy thinking what I'll say when you stop talking. I don't know about the wider parts of fine arts. I just write bars for all the diehards and retired bards in the twilight of the art before the fire starts. I'm kind of hoping my part is a highlight of the arc. I've never seen a volcano, but I own a lava lamp. Apparently for a squib, that was rather damp. In the newsroom, right to the margin with. The chip on my shooter's the only thing I have to bargain with. My life is simple, no need for a description. Some things that should have happened did, and some that should have sadly didn't. Staring on in my lobby, rather worn and oddly cold and forlornly smoking a draw and watching a load of Chomsky. Dipping Doritos in a bowl of toffee, sipping mojitos while picking dead mosquitoes out of cold coffee. Why do we an affliction? If you're thinking about making a decision, I could give you a little revision. An addiction's like the feeling you get at the top of a building, but the addict just forgets the fall would kill them. White flag is a hold my hand defeat. Reality's like a cat at my feet. I just long to view the world through longer lenses. Fantasies have softer edges, less somber endings. What gives me the right to be so patronising? Eh, uh, I'm a footnote in an essay about advertising. I'm not the one you want to bully intellectually. I left university with a degree of uncertainty. Thank you. So obviously a lot of my work recently has been concerned with addressing a lot of the questions that's going on. Just quickly want to comment on the, 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 the debate. Sorry, I'm a wee bit nervous. Uh, on the debate. Uh, I think it's existing a wee bit too much in the material realm, uh, which is very important because that's how we objectively measure our progress in life. But I, I dislike how idealism in the language of aspiration can be refuted as empty words because that has no basis in the facts and history where actually the things in the material world, like welfare and the NHS and your so-called employment rights, uh, they were all willed into existence because idealists spoke out and other people fought for those things. So 
Uh, I think we need to be apprehensive of that language, regardless of what way we're going to vote. Uh, it's it's quite uh, it's quite discouraging when your life's just boiling down to a matter of five hundred quid. You know, and I think something else we need to consider, perhaps, uh, is the fact that um, when we uh, when we look at other countries around the world, we think, how can these people live like that? Look at them worshiping pictures of supreme leaders. Of course, in this materialist culture, we worship the pictures of ourselves. And I'm a recovered alcoholic, so my ego almost killed me, so I know what I'm talking about. Just living in the material world produces anxiety and confusion. It's all that other flowery metaphorical stuff that I think gives life real meaning. The people who are telling you you can't do it were raised in a class where they were told they could do anything they want. Uh, Okay, now I will finish with a little bit of this. I gave up trying to get close to her. She's at the wheel again, it took a far right at dystopia. You need to calm down, I'm not into going slow, but I've seen snow drive neater on an open road. I keep a map in case because her awful sense of direction is lethal. Nice car, comfy seats though. We should have left earlier, this lassie's a chancer. Ignoring red lights, acting like it's amber. Stop screaming at the other drivers, I'm shaking, you know, and could I maybe choose what's on the radio? Well, at least she has a car and she drives sober. The slum stretches out at the foot of the flyover. We look down on the ignorant pros fighting out a football game when it's 27 inches of snow. You're going too fast, I'm going to have an outburst, I want my own car, but you need to let me out first. Late is better than no showing up, no, I've had more than enough, what about you? Do you like to loosen up before we fuck? Look at us, so grown up. I know the button on my coat needs sewn up. Now I respect that you conduct yourself quietly and I admire you for only distrusting, judging and resenting other people privately. I left the priory after they circumcised me violently and slowly monetized my worry and anxiety. So yes, you look after me and by the way, I would never be done thanking you. But I can't love something if it's not scorned. Do not say you were not warmed. You want war? We can lock horns. What do you want to talk for? Eat your popcorn while I watch porn? Every time I go to talk, she's getting me tell. Sometimes we just seem to click like a seatbelt. I'm an idiot being her passenger's thankless. Manic tantrums are making my Valium anxious. Often foreign trips when I never ask for it. And we either end up in a fight or an accident. Why staving is bad for my health? Hospital or school, that's the only time I get to myself. Where do I begin and she end? She has her own pals, plus she wants to be chums with my friends. We tried marriage counselling, but we're different people, plus our phony union presupposes we're considered equal. Sick of making time, sick of trying to gauge her mood, sick of all the secrets she thinks she keeps for the greater good. When she offered me a lift, I should have packed it in, I'm going to end up mangled at the speed that she's travelling. But I'm just a backseat driver, telling her that she should have stopped. She turns to me and says, you could have walked. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Uh, now we are going to have. I probably need to reveal the screens, but call in my lovely, lovely assistants Sarah Sharawi and David Craig. Scottish playwrights' future, and it's a noble past. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was too easy. I'm feeling pain. See, it get really mean when I'm feeling pain. So go for an easy laugh. Of course, that is none of that is true. Apart from you it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. So Dan Rebelato, great. Um, I should mention as well, we're also uh, recording the audio of all of these for a, for a podcast and they're all going to be available uh, online. I have no idea how we get that on, um, but we'll, we'll, fig- we'll figure out a way. Um, we'll hopefully have a chance to respond to Dan's uh, uh, inventive offer, this in some way, in the panel. But before that, to kick us off, um, before we have our sort of panel discussion, we normally, traditionally, have uh, a short sort of provocation or a uh, um, sort of polemic or something to, like, to, to get us going. And that's going to be given to us today by the brilliant uh, writer Chris Thorpe. So, so from Chris to the stage. Thanks. Hello. How are you all? You all right? Good. Uh, who's... who's eligible to vote in the, the referendum and who identifies themselves as Scottish in this room okay a little bit of a up there I don't know whether that was I'm spectacularly Scottish so I'm giving you jazz hands or I'm not sure because I've, I've only just arrived but um, I guess I've been asked here to talk about the Scottish referendum as an English person. I don't feel that I am uh, an English person. I don't feel that that is the thing that primarily defines my identity. But I'm going to talk to you as an English person. And I'm going to talk to you as that little corner of my identity, that little corner of my consciousness that does still define itself as... English that does still look at the beautiful thing that Dan just did and gets even more local and says where the fuck was Manchester in that you metropolitan arsehole (laughs) the chauvinistic part of me the part of me that maybe maybe doesn't care maybe looks at you, Scotland. In fact, can I, can I call you something else? Can I call you Susan? Is that all right? Are you all right with that? I'll call you Susan. Okay. Looks at you, Scotland, as Susan. Susan lives down the road from me and there has just been a knock on the door and it is three o'clock in the morning and Susan is, she's not upset. But she's troubled. She's not crying, but she's trembling on the verge of tears. And Susan wants to have a cup of tea. Susan wants to come into my kitchen and have a cup of tea. And that is fine, because I know Susan and I care about Susan. Uh, And I'm perfectly willing to have her in my house at three o'clock in the morning, even though I've got to get up early tomorrow and I've got things to do. But if Susan needs something, that is fine. I've been around at Susan's house many times. Susan has cooked me dinner. I appreciate Susan's taste in books and music. Uh, I've had many great conversations with her. 
letting her in my house at three in the morning is the least I can do if she needs another human to talk to. And Susan sits at my kitchen table and I make us both a cup of tea. And Susan is having a dilemma. I don't know, Susan, Susan is deciding whether to go into a relationship with someone else. Let's call that someone else, I don't know, Laura. And uh, Susan is asking me about Laura and her dilemma. Susan hasn't been in a relationship for quite a long time and she's she's fearing a lot of things. She's fearing the the loss of her selfhood. She's fearing emotional commitment. She's fearing that she may have to make kind of logistical um, logistical changes to her life which maybe won't allow her to feel as much herself as she was before. And these are both good and bad things. And Laura isn't Scottish independence, by the way, Laura isn't a metaphor for that. Laura, Laura is change and Laura is a decision. And as an English person, as that secret English person in my head, because I'm not someone who defines himself as English, as I said, I look at Susan over the table and I look at her trembling hands around the teacup and I listen to what she's telling me and my honest reaction in that uncharitable part of my mind that has been woken up at three in the morning by Susan is Susan I really couldn't give a fuck I don't care this decision that you're about to make it has no effect on my life at all I'll still be able to go round to your house if this Laura woman turns out to be a fucking nightmare I'll be here to pick up the pieces hopefully not at three in the morning but I will do it I'll still be able to come around while she's out you know if she moves into your house and it doesn't work out I'll still come around I'll see you I'll have a cup of tea but actually Susan I don't fucking care I've got my own things to think about I've got my own domestic troubles I've got the neighbours on the other side who are trying to knock through the party wall and tell me things about myself that I disagree with. I've got uh, idiots who, uh, you know, I've got the racists who are moving into my attic. I've got the, I've got the fucking rats that are gnawing at the, the bottom of the back door and, and Susan, it's three o'clock in the morning and I just don't fucking care. And uh, that's a really uncharitable part of me. And that's a really terrible part of me. And that's not a part of me that I want to listen to. What I want to do is I want to say, Susan, actually, my honest reaction is, this is none of my business. I'll listen to you. I'll talk to you. I'll even probably offer unsolicited advice from the wealth of my experience but what you decide is really nothing to do with me make your decision Susan make the best you can of it whatever you decide I'll support you because you're my neighbour and because you're my friend but it isn't up to me to tell you what to think you're an adult Susan make your own fucking mind up and then we'll deal with that decision when it's made. But thanks for having me.
because I really appreciate being able to go around and hang out. Let's meet Kieran. Let's meet him. Chris Lock. And also, uh, thanks, Chris. Thanks a lot. Um, I'd also now like to, to welcome up Josie Long. Great. I think the most appropriate thing to do to kick things off then is to just uh, invite either you two, Claire and Josie, to if you've got anything, any responses to what to what Chris just said, anything that made you think about any any slight difference of position or anything that resonated, I suppose. Oh yes, it is on. Um, well, I suppose what resonated was I was. It made me think of a conversation I had with um, my family down in London, um, maybe about a month and a half ago, where they asked me if I had a vote because I've been living in Scotland now for ten years. Um, doesn't necessarily show, but I'm going to be giving birth in about um, five months, so my child will be Scottish. Um, so that's kind of an official uh, signing in. <laughs> to uh, Scottish nationality um, and they were like so do you think of yourself as Scottish do you have a vote what's going on what the heck is going on up there um, and I was kind of struck by the way that they probably had the same kind of response that you've just expressed Chris that they kind of really didn't really care they were just like oh well, that's a funny thing that's happening up there um, what do you think and uh, yeah so uh, that's a starter anyway, I'm sure there's more to say, that's, but yeah, I, I recognise that as being an, a, an English response. That's really interesting because like, for me, um, I, I find that quite a refreshing and, and, and different response. Like, one of the things that we, that we hear quite a lot is, um, this affects us too. I really don't get a vote, but this affects us too. And I kind of like, have a lot of sympathy for that, actually. Um, uh, and so for me, that's really interesting to learn that that, that feels familiar. Do you think that that... Do you think that that kind of um, uh, indifference uh, would continue after a year? You know what, I don't know whether it is indifference. Sure. I think it might be a little bit of blind fear right, as well, okay. of just kind of like, I can't really look at that because it's so big, it's too big to imagine. Um, and I think what's really exciting about um, a yes vote is that it would empower my family to reconsider their Englishness in a more positive way. That's, that's really interesting and definitely something that I want to come back on. I just want to bring Josie in for a bit and just ask you. You're, so you're, you're a, a, an, art, a, an artist and performer, a writer who is obviously based in London. Yes. Um, uh, uh, identifies as English, possibly? Um, uh, no, I, mean, I suppose I actually, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> but um, the way I feel is that like, I really love Scotland and I'm super idealistic. I've got a lot of friends up here that I work with. Or, I spent the last few years making films with a friend in Glasgow, so I come up all the time. I was involved with somebody who lived up here, so I was up here all the time for a while. And um, it's funny because I think that's the first time just watching you just then that I've thought, oh yeah, like I could just not give a shit. Like it's not relevant to me. And it, it's funny because what it reminded me of is a lot of things. I suppose it made me want to feel a little bit of self-pity at the moment for being English because it's the English NHS that's been privatised and sold off and completely fucked up. It's the English education system that has been self-privatised in the last four years. It's the English higher education system that leaves our students in tens and tens of thousands of pounds of debt leaving. Like, 
it's not the case in Scotland, regardless of the evolution. Like, there's a lot of things that, and I know, I mean, believe me, I know that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it was very much not the case that, um, that uh, like, I fully appreciate that in the past Scotland has been really fucked over by England, right? But England, London, southeast of England as well, still has these massive inequality problems, still has massive deprivation, um, and none of the perks, like, don't even have any hills or lakes. And, like, it, yeah, well, down the bottom. And I, I feel like, quite weirdly, like, at the moment, like, maybe now's the time for some people in England just to appreciate that there are massive injustices that are England-centric going on because of this last government, especially, um, open the door, open my new Labour, but because of this government, especially. And so I, I sort of think, like, it was kind of weird that that provoked me into that, like, yeah, this, they look, they look, it doesn't matter what happens, they're all right, we're not, we're first. And so, like, it, it's interesting for me, and I, I, I do believe, like, I'm very idealistic, and much as I love Scotland, and I'd be very, very sad for us to part ways, I would, if I lived in Scotland, I would gladly, happily, uh, like, vote for a change and be, like, excitedly trying something new. So I find it really hard to sort of, I, I, I sort of think that, um, like what you said, that, if they do vote, yes, it might help us a tiny bit to sort of regroup down there and fight a bit harder, or, or at the very least be able to go, well, look, all of those lot hate you, so maybe some of us lot hate you, uh, to those guys, so, I don't know, that was all a bit rangy. Is there, like, um, what you're saying about the NHS and everything, like, uh, it's something that's been put to me in the past by, by, by English friends, is that the idea that the, the referendum debate is happening Scotland just now has somehow become a, a, a distraction from uh, from some of those issues. That, yeah, you, as you described, are English centric, but is there a feeling from where you are um, of some sense of abandonment around those things? And what's been put to me, if you were if you were um, not so uh, interested and caught up in this in this constitutional discussion, you would be helping us fight to save the NHS, and you know it, and you're not because you're too busy with all this. Oh, I see what you mean, so it's a way of getting Scotland to stop any actions in solidarity with people in England who might oppose Westminster. It's certainly something that's come up for, for me, is the idea, is the idea that, it, that, it, that on some level, not just independence, but even it being distracted in inverted commas by the independence debate constitutes some kind of abandonment with uh, social struggles in England. Is that something that any of you guys recognise? Well, it's time limited, though, isn't yeah. it? I mean, how long is it now until we, do, we have the vote? Six weeks or something? Uh, like your accuracy, sir. Yeah, so it's time limited, and I why not think about it as so much better and more powerful force as uh, as a, as as a, as a whoever it is who's in solidarity because it wouldn't be the whole of the Scottish population probably who wanted to join in solidarity against um, the cuts that are being made in England, but. Uh, if, if that were, whoever they were, whatever that body was, or group of people, they would have already affected some change. So they would be moving forward with a sense of, well, we've done that, now what can we do? Rather than, you know, I think, like, I think just any kind of change has got to be inspiring. Because I think the thing that I feel like with my family, because I'm going to refer to them because they're the English people that I know the most, um, just feels that they're very stuck in what, what what there is. And it feels like there's so much that is changing, 
why can't we kind of get on board with a bit more change? That this could just sort of give everything a little bit of a shake-up. Well, it just proves that it's possible. Yeah, you can just right. say, okay, yeah, change is possible. It looks like Chris and Josie were both looking at coming. Maybe Chris. Um, I, you know, I, I firmly believe that change is possible and change is desirable, particularly now for all the, you know, the reasons that Josie has outlined that we are screwed and there is a lot to fight. I just, there are kind of two things. One is, I don't want the issue of national identity and self-definition to become something that then encourages people on this island to think that there are different categories of change you know there is a need for a very human individual attitude towards change across as many people as practicable which uh, is about getting the fairest deal for the human beings on this island and I think that that can occur cross-border between an independent Scotland and the rest of the UK I'm not at all naive enough to think that that will somehow bring up walls in people's minds that then will prevent change happening. I think it can happen if we're united, it can happen if we are independent. The fact that it is being made to be contingent on a definition of nationhood for individual people I think is dangerous. And that leads me on to you know, I'd, I'm not indifferent to Scotland. I want the best for Scotland, but it totally is none of my business what uh, the decision that Scotland makes. And if Scotland is going to make a decision that is made first and foremost about how people identify themselves here that is bound up in an idea of Scottishness, I think fine. If that is important to people, go and do it. But my nationality is in no way important to me, and I do not respect in a way decisions that are made on the basis of a felt nationality i you know the fact that there will be one more independent country in the world you know independent in huge quotes because it's not like scotland is going to somehow float off into space and become this you know this utopia unplugged from the the globalized network of economics and you know Absolutely. what have you yeah. you know it's is neither, it's neither here nor there for me. The, the, the thing that I want from, I mean, my views on Scottish independence, I'm not even gonna say, I don't say in public, because really, who the fuck wants to hear what I think? I don't live here, it's not my decision. I just hope that there is generosity at the heart of whatever decision is made, that on the 19th of September, is it when the votes are counted the day after? Yeah, we'll know by the 19th sometime. You know, there is, uh, whatever that decision is, there's magnanimity and there's generosity and there isn't anything that feeds a kind of nationalism in a way which means that one, the side who won, whoever that is, gets to lord it over the ones who didn't because that that's going to come back 20 years down the line and bite everyone on the arse, you know. So I was just going to say, it's two days before my niece's christening. Quite important, yeah. getting the calendar. <laughs> um, but you know, I just wanted to, that's it, for you. You could come down to a christening with your birthday clothes on. Not your birthday suit, but <laughs> <laughs> given clothes for your birthday, you could come down. Um, I was going to say, sort of go back to what you were saying a little while ago, uh, when you were, 
you said that, like, do you think it's been a distraction for people? And I, what I would say is that I have noticed in the last year, especially, a lot of my friends who are a very idealistic, sort of socialist greens uh, up in Scotland, they've just been that little bit more like us and them about sort of English issues or Westminster issues and uh, Scottish issues, and it has felt a little bit more like they're in the process of being like bad luck, mate. And almost even a little bit more like people that I mean, sort of people that I have parted ways with anyway. But the way that they're suddenly being like, it's gone from sort of maybe 2011 when everyone was like, we cannot bear the coalition, we must fight the coalition, to being a little bit more like, look at the coalition, all English people are like, like a little bit kind of more like, let's get rid of all these idiots, as opposed to kind of before when it was a lot more like. Let's all try and fight this. And like, firstly, I appreciate. Fair enough. You're, if you are voting yes, I get that, and I appreciate that, and I support that. But at the same time, it is a shame for me that it does feel a little bit like there's less people. Are, there's less kind of. Yeah, it's I, think it's really, I think it's really important for us to hear. Claire, you, if you want to come in on that. Yeah, I just that is really interesting because I kind of think my, my experience is the opposite, but I think it's because but, but our positions are sort of opposite as well. Because I'm an English person still, really, even though I've been living here for 10 years, but living in Scotland as opposed to English people living in England. So my sort of my neighbours, my friends in Scotland have embraced me as a Scottish English person more than probably they ever have before. Well, I think that's what I mean more is about like caring less about like issues issues in England as opposed to like racism against English people, racism like prejudice against if, English if, people. If, it feels more like if we if we like uh, maybe this is a slight misunderstanding of the point being made, but if um, if if people in England do, might respond to the referendum I said, well it's none of my business because Scottish people who the questions being put to should choose. It isn't the flip side of that, then also that, that whatever the government policy in England is none of our business. And I, I would contend, I would, I would, I would challenge that. I don't think that's, that's, that is the case or should be the case, but isn't it the logical sort of progression of that position? Here's what I would say to that. I think a lot of people, it comes out of respect, wanting to be respectful to people in Scotland, saying like, it's not none of my business. It's not because it's like, oh, I don't care. It's just like, I don't want people to think that I would talk down to them about a thing that yeah. I'm not entitled to be a part of. Like, I would love to have a say on it, I suppose, although I think it'd be very conflicted because I'd be like, do it, do it, but somehow take us with you. And like, that's why I thought Dan uh, Rebellato's letter was so funny because that's how a lot of people, especially in London, feel. And a lot of people who were, are very idealistic and very politically active in uh, England feel like they feel like yeah, we want this chance for a change somehow too. We want to sort of fight all these entrenched things. We want to kind of get rid of this corrupt political system, like get rid of our disproportionate voting. Like We want all of that stuff, you know. And, and so I think it is, he, he really sort of makes an important point that it's like, yeah, you, you almost have that spirit of wanting to join in, but not sure. being able to, you know. Yeah, you want to come in. No, I'm kind of agreeing. I'm agreeing with all that, but also there's the... There's the idea that I don't want I don't want your fucking nationhood imposed on me as part of who you are, and I'm looking at you specifically, Kieran, as a Scottish friend of mine. The idea that however this decision goes, if it goes yes, and I know I'm 
you know, I'm probably not outing you to many members of this audience that you are passionately pro independence. If if you get what you want emotionally, I'll be really happy for you because my friend will have got what what he wants out of this. But the idea that I then am under any sort of obligation to view you differently just because there is a a theoretical uh, moving apart of the two areas of the island that we live in, I find completely ridiculous. I find this idea that there's a... I find this idea... I, I understand, I understand everything that you have said to me over over time as an English person about the need to create social justice, about the need to, you know, equalise the gaps in society and actually how easy, how much easier that might be in a nation of six million people. And I really hope it is. I but the idea that... You didn't view me any different after the facts. I would be delighted if you didn't view me But of course I won't. Because why? Because what? The fact that you, a lot of you think you're Scottish and I think I'm English is to do with a load of fucking dead people who we've never met. It's nothing to do with social justice. It's nothing to do with building a fairer society now it's to do with a load of decisions that were made generally by people with fucking muskets and swords a million fucking years ago who I didn't know and the idea that they and the people now who somehow think that that social political framework is a is a is a real thing get to tell me what I think about you is fucking ridiculous I don't care which way it goes as long as you're, as long as we can still look each other in the eye, and either way, we can still work for a fairer world. You know, right. fuck the people who tell you you're Scottish or I'm English. I don't care. Yeah. Well, uh, just in response to that, uh, I suppose I want to say that yes, uh, uh, these identities are constructed things that we continue to create and we have inherited from our ancestors. Can I put this to music? Well, okay, I'll tell you why we, don't, why we do continue to create this, because we speak the language that we do, and we speak with the accent that we have, and we have all sorts of things in the way that we're brought up that makes us who we are and the way that we think. So, about you speak as if these kind of inviolate truths about the human... It's like we have this, we have that, so why don't we just decide not to give a fuck about them? Why? How can you stop giving a fuck about the words that are... The words that you use to form the language which tells you who you are. Are you going to stop speaking to yourself? No, but that's how you think. That's how you construct yourself. Josie, do you have anything you want to say? I just think this 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 has become so rangy as to be a bit meaningless. Like because when it comes down to it, I you know. The, you're going to construct your own identity and have your own like value systems and whatnot, right? And I don't know whether like when you said I do think I'm sorry. What when, 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 when you said that you that you when I said you do you identify as English and you said well I have to like well, what, it's what not, prompts that well like, that that rebuttal? Well, I think that nationalism people who care prominently who are like oh, I'm English and that's a meaningful thing to me do not have enough going on in their lives. Like, it's much more meaningful to me that I like swimming outdoors. Like, sure. that comes, like, much higher. Yeah. Or, like, that I care about social justice. Like, you were saying, like, it is that thing of, like, 
no nations, no borders. That's the thing you, you would aspire to, like you would think about, is that all human beings are the same and that we care about world justice and we want, like, you know, to eradicate poverty and we want to fight injustice wherever it is. And like, I know that sounds like a bollock and stupid, but we're well, not stupid, but I know it sounds a bit like fay or whatever, but what I mean is that should be at your heart that all people are the same and that you want to get rid of as much, you know, negative arbitrary difference as is possible and the reason I have to say I'm English is because I live within a system where it means something to people because you can hear from my voice that I'm English and it's obvious that I grew up in England like but that to me is not a value statement and it's not that important about you know if I look at all of the people who I look up to they're from a wide plethora of places you know if I look at all the things that I think are important I wouldn't say that those things are categorized by their Englishness if anything the last four years especially, there's been a massive amount to be distraught about and feel hopeless about when I think about being English and what it means to be English. So, you know, like... I would totally, I see both of you have things that you would like to say. I think we've already overrun and there's a lot of things I would love to ask you. Not your fault, right? I, I prompted your taking of the microphone. It was a decision made entirely in my own It was entirely. Did I really um, yeah. do another? Uh, but uh, I think... This may be an opportune moment to tell folks that if you wanted to come and join us in the, in the bar outside after continuing this conversation, which personally I'm enjoying quite a lot, um, then please, please do. But in the meantime, there is a fringe show, there's another show after, and we do have a limited time, so we're going to wrap up that conversation now and move on to the next bit. Um, so can I just have a big round of applause, please, for Chris Clark, Chris Long, and Claire Matthews. Thanks very much, guys. You guys want to uh, take your seat back down here again? Um, uh, we have Leo. We have a poet. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a poet. And that is, so without further ado, then, please give it up for Leo Glaster. Leo, do you want a mic stand, mate? Great. Hello. Um, I've actually been here for quite a while, but I was just hiding because I like to make an entrance. Um, it's very interesting being invited to a, an event like this because I'm not an overtly politicised person when I make um, poems and they wind up having a political slant to them. It tends to be by accident. Um, and I'm going to do one of those poems that accidentally turned into slightly, a slightly political poem, sort of. Um, you might not be able to tell this by looking at me, but I'm a little bit of a comic book geek. Um, and uh, this poem is partly, stand back a little bit, this poem is partly as a result of that, um, and it's just a few thoughts of mine on one of the more popular superheroes of, of today. It goes like this. Right, boys and girls, it's imagination time. Cast your mind to a city. A grim city, a dank, undesirable, frightening sin city with a corrupt local government, a wealth distribution that would embarrass Tsar Alexander III, and a complete lack of any public amenities whatsoever. And bad weather. You're there? Good. Now, lose your job. Apply for a loan. Get in debt. Lose your home. Ask for help. Find none. Arrive at a crossroads. Make a decision. Commit a crime. Shoplifting. Or mugging or something. It's not really very important. And I know it's wrong, but hey, you're desperate, right? And don't worry, you won't have to stay up at night threatening about the cops coming to chase you up on their beat. They're all too busy being rushed off their feet or putting them up. It's sometimes hard to tell which one. But fortunately, there is someone who's willing to fight the good fight, to take the mantle up, and to show the people of Gotham City that their city doesn't belong to criminals and the corrupt. 
He might not tell you that the city does belong to the billionaire playboy CEOs of multinational corporations who drain the hearts, minds, and bodies of Gotham's blue-collar workforce to manufacture and distribute military hardware whilst organizing flamboyant figurehead fundraisers themselves funded presumably by corporate tax cuts, all the while safe in the knowledge that the Dark Knight is striking fear into the heart of a criminal underworld consisting entirely of ethnic minorities and pulverizing nefarious supervillains drawn from the ranks of the frustrated intelligentsia and suppressed free thinkers. Does he really have us fooled? Has he pulled the cowl over our eyes? But wait, listen in, there's more to him still. Yes, fear not, vicious crim, for this bat never kills. No, he so values your life that he will hand you over for a fair trial in a criminal justice system that still enforces the death penalty. Although, now I come to think of it, I reckon I do know a couple of guys who think it a treat to find a knight who'll condemn, get it, violence in the street, and protect the well-to-do from harassment and pain. Neoconservatism, thy name is Bruce Wayne. So, look out for where new movie to rent no boxes too leap for this high-tech tormentor, and stay in your home's occasional weed toker. This cat with the ears is a complete fucking joker. Yes, it's vigilante first, ask questions never, no social justice, just Batman. Forever. Thank you. I make a point of learning everything that I, that I perform so that I can look as though I've got some kind of idea of what I'm doing. Um, but this is very, 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 very recent. Um, and I rarely do anything like this. Normally I have to rehearse something for weeks before anyone hears it. But I wrote this very, very recently. Um, and I thought I would do it now because it's sort of, it's sort of on, on the theme that we were discussing today. I was born at sea into a small vessel the size of the world. I learned that before I was born the waves had rocked the vessel. The swell had tried to overtake it, to roll and sink it down, but the vessel had stood strong. With command from the captain's quarters sent aft, it had stood strong, weathered these storms, and proved itself unsinkable. This was before my time. I learned that before I was born, the vessel had been the head of a fleet thousand strong, with each of them mightier for being part of it. We don't talk much about it anymore. But I can't help feeling some of the crew miss those days, miss the dominance miss the unsinkable. I learned that before my time, the vessel became a life raft. The plank walkers and wreck victims from all oceans sopped and flopped on board, and from their quarters center aft, the captain was proud. We talk about it a lot now. The captain, from his quarters, speaks in terms I have trouble understanding, wrought from language built before my time, but I get the feeling the captain's pride has begun to turn to contempt. The vessel is too full now. The captain used to run a destroyer. He doesn't want to sail a life raft anymore. In my time, I have seen the captain's quarters center out. Technically, I was born there. I was raised there, educated there. In my time, things seem to be getting tougher there. The waves are getting high again, and the fleet has dwindled so far that few allies emerge to assist. The captain in his quarters center aft is adamant that the unsinkable remains just that, but in my time, he has been forced to wonder what the vessel will look like with its tender missing. The forecraft turned life raft in my time, 
which the captain from his quarters centre aft clings to with increasingly greasy hands. Thank you. Um, I peeked at my watch just before I started, and I don't think I have very much time left. I Actually, that was all I had. I was going to use that as an excuse to stop. <laughs> thank you very much for listening. Thank you. I was actually being incredibly generous with time now, because I do think we're getting on a bit. And if people have another show that they want to see because the show runs on, it's absolutely fine for you to, for you to leave while we, while we uh, push on. Um, we're nearly done today, but before we're done, uh, is there, who's written a little England is sentence? I'm going to call upon my beautiful assistants again to maybe gather them in. If you have written one, then uh, this hat's going to come around. It would be great. If you, the Bibbity Bobbity hat. Um, and if you could just pop them in. Has anyone not written one? If you've not, if you've not written one because you don't want to, that's fine. If you've not written one because you don't have a pen or a paper, stick up your hand and we'll see if we can fix that out. Uh, oh, we could. Oh, we do. Someone over here. Can anyone lend a pen or a bit of paper? England is. Oh, while those guys are doing that, it's probably a good moment for me to plug some people's shows. Leo, do you have a show at the Fringe, mate? No, almost gone. Uh, no. Would also, you? Everyone should come to the grand final of the BBC Poetry Slam on Saturday, the 16th of August. I might hear that. The grand final of the BBC Poetry Slam on Saturday, the 16th of August at. At Pottero Blue, Blue Bubble. At what time? at 8pm. Leo says he might be there but he doesn't know yet. I guess that must be because you're currently in the semi-final. Is that yes. right? Uh, okay, so we, we all wish you luck. But everyone that is already in the final is excellent. Everyone that's already in the final is excellent so it comes recommended anyway very generously even if he gets outed at the last hurdle, which we hope you don't. We hope you don't. Um, Josie, your show is at... Josie Long show, 8.40pm at Stand 1 every night, apart from this Saturday when she's at a wedding. Chris Stott's show is called Confirmation. It's at Northern Stage at King's Hall. Is that the name of the venue now? Northern Stage at King's Hall. What time is it on that night? 4.35. is Chris's one-man show about confirmation bias on at Northern Stage at King's Hall. And Claire Duffy has a play called Play-Doh on at the same venue. At what time, Claire? 11 a.m. which is uh, is it a show for adults and children or is it just a show for children? Um, it's for 7 plus. So it's, it's for 7 plus which includes 7 to 77. It's a catch-all bracket. It's a show about money and the financial system. So there you go. Those are the plugs done. Timed perfectly, I think. For uh... Of course, it is, as David rightly points out, worth mentioning that these are uh, these scrap bits that you've all written on, we're going to keep them, we're going to donate them to the National Library of Scotland for their referendum archive, where they will be stored for generations to view for the rest of time. Um, and that's not just you guys that we picked on for that, it's, it's going to be a whole thing from the whole, from the whole, from the whole show. So here we go, um, we, do you think we'll get through them all, David, or? Right. We'll, we'll do, we'll, all right, we'll do our best. We'll get, we'll get some of them. If, if you don't hear it read out, then it is going into the, into the archive anyway. So here we go. England does exist. Someone breaking from form straight away. England does exist. England is bigger than you think when you drive the length of it. 
England is not either London or UKIP voters. England is going to be a better neighbour than partner. England is fun and sun on a warm sunny summer's day. England is where my anarchic yes voting husband comes from. England is a country that doesn't know it no longer exists. England is a sad crumbling place between the the M25 and Sterling. I thought it was a Z. And it says Sterling, but I think it means Sterling. Um, England is something I'm not sure about anymore. Brackets. I'm English. Close brackets. England is not losing Scotland as it does not possess it. England, written on Salt and Sauce Promotions Limited. Um, England is where half my family live who want to be voting, so we have to get it right. England is part of Scotland's past, present and future, one way or another. England's a bitch, Linton Quincy Johnson, 1983. England is much more than London. England is a friend who will gain more respect when viewed from an independent Scotland. England is not its bosses. England is a better neighbour than a flatmate. England is what is England? England is part of me. England is lots of famous people's names that I can't quite read in the high writing. Guy Garvey, Jack, Jake Thackeray, the selector, Dizzy Rascal, Amy Winehouse, P.G. Woodhouse, and the vast and gorgeous winding sweep of the River Wye. England is waiting in its own wings. England is, make this the last one I think for time, not really bothered they expect the vote to be a no. See, it could have ended on any, it ended on that one. That's the spontaneous poetry nature of it. All of these will be going into, um, will be going into the archive. Oh, I've got give me one more. England is awaiting its rediscovery, which comes on a Barack Obama-style flyer with a picture of Michael Gove with the word prick written under it. It's a much better ending. Um, traditionally here at Bowie's Yacht we send you Bowie's, well Bowie one didn't he, Bowie's Yacht and we send you out into the world with a bit of music but I low-key had to shoot off so we're not going to have music at the end for those of you that can stay we are going to try something different in its place and for that I'll hand back over to David to talk us through what's happening there Thanks very much, uh, yeah normally we have a song uh, which would sort of play you out and the musician does that but I say low-key had to go so thinking about England, I thought there was two things about England that I really uh, like. Uh, one is The Fall, the band The Fall, and the other is uh, I really liked it when in the Commonwealth Games, uh, the English athletes, uh, their national anthem was Jerusalem. I really, really like that song. I've always really liked it. And uh, I don't know if you know, but Billy Bragg sort of has done quite a lot of work to reclaim Jerusalem as a sort of radical song, um, to sort of reclaim it from the WI. But anyway... But maybe they should have it as well, but I don't mean to, it doesn't have to belong to only one person. However, so I thought we'd just have a little vote on the music to play you out. I've got two versions of Jerusalem on my phone. I've got Jerusalem as performed by The Fall, the Manchester um, noise band. Noise band's a bit too much, but you know what I mean. The Manchester, the spiky Manchester band. And I've got Jerusalem as performed by the Royal Choral Society of the BBC. So I thought we'd just have a quick vote which of those two versions of Jerusalem you would like 
to hear as you leave to as you leave the yurt today in honor of our theme. So, who would like Jerusalem as performed by the fall? Oh, sizable. And who would like Jerusalem as performed by the Royal Choral Society? And I'm afraid it's it's really an enormous majority for the fall. So uh, we'll get. I'll hand the thing to John, and uh, we'll get it playing. I just want to say, I just want to say, as the warming tones of the fall send you out here, thanks very much for coming. Uh, tomorrow we're discussing Ireland. We've got a fantastic uh, lineup, including Camille O'Sullivan singing. She's brilliant. She comes just for her. So I hope we'll see you in the Bowie again at some point during the festival. Thanks, everyone. Have a really good festival. And here are the sentences from show 13. And the sentence was, England is. England is not losing Scotland as it does not possess it. England is always crashing in the same car. England is my neighbour and not the same as Britain. England is big brother. England is in denial like Moses. England is divided also. England is bigger than you'd think when you drive the length of it. England is British too. England is where half my family live who won't be voting, so we have to get it right. England should get a vote in this referendum too. England is a bitch, Linton Quasi Johnson, 1983. England is truculent. England does not exist. England is not either London or UKIP voters. England is going to be a better neighbour than partner. England is fun and sun on a warm summer's day. England is where my anarchic yes-voting husband comes from. England is a country that doesn't know it no longer exists. England is a sad and crumbling place between the M25 and Stirling. England is much more than London. England is a friend who will gain respect when viewed from an independent Scotland. England is not its bosses. England is something I'm not sure about anymore. I'm English. England is uncomprehending in several senses. England is part of me. England is a better neighbour than flatmate. England is Guy Garvey, Molly Sugden, Jake Thackeray, The Selector, Dizzy Rascal, Amy Winehouse, P.G. Woodhouse and the vast and gorgeous winding sweep of the River Wye. England is not really bothered. They expect the vote to be a no. England is awaiting its rediscovery. England is waiting in its own wings. England is perfectly formed, clever and rich.